Ти не сон. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that uses music and its connection to memory to better understand our guests and the stories from their life that make them who they are. My guest today is Dongjing Kang. Born and raised in Sichuan, China, Dongjing grew up under the strictures of the Communist Party at the time, and her natural desire to buck against rules and traditions led her teachers to call her a weapon of mass destruction. And even she thinks of herself as being an untamable horse back then. Eventually, Dongjing moved to the States for college in the mid-2000s, where she earned her bachelor's, master's, and eventually her PhD, and is now an assistant professor in the Department of Communication and Philosophy at FGCU. Her work focuses on language revitalization and cultural preservation in Tibet. She produces experimental documentaries on Tibetan language revitalization and is currently writing a book on U.S. and Chinese media representation of Tibet. I met Dongjing while recording audio of Tibetan poetry for one of her documentaries, and I've wanted to get her in here ever since. So, here we go. Hey there, Dongjing. Hi. <laughs> Normally, we start the show by asking um, our guests to describe the musical background of their childhood, but you told me in your bio that you avoided music as a child. Mm-hmm. Why did you avoid music as a child? <laughs> I really didn't recall any childhood memory of music, or at least the pleasant memories of music. My parents, they liked very different types of music. From each other? From each other. They fought over the boombox after dinner. Basically, they had fights every day. They, they would actually like, fight, like they yell at each other about the music. Uh, they won't yell. My dad was more a very passive person. Mm. My mom was more verbal, uh, expressive. She would yell uh, because all these classic Chinese music and classic European music made her feel sleepy. That's what (laughs) what her argument was. And what what did she prefer? She prefers uh, Teresa Tang. Uh, That's one of the popular music musicians, I remember. And then mostly she listened to Tibetan folk songs. It's more proliferating. She would sing and dance with the music. But my dad was not into it. My dad felt it was so loud. It's interesting that my mom was a nurse and my dad was a medical doctor. They're basically working not far from each other. I thought everything they are into, they were into, were so similar because of their profession. So that type of argument really made me feel, oh, I really didn't want to hear this. That was insane. So I, I have um, I have a little bit of music that I believe is from, and if I say these wrong, help me out, Lhasa mm-hmm. or Amdo. Oh. You want to listen to a little bit? I just want to see what you think about it and if it sounds like your mom's music. Oh, yeah. Would that be okay? Please do. Okay. Please play. Is this right? Yeah. This is something my mom would listen to. tune was very similar. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So she so she sang and danced like like not only listening to the music but for her it was something to actually like I don't want to use the word perform it was something to that she could do. She could sing the folk and songs dance. and yes. dance. Yeah. Now you were in um Yunnan. Oh, I was born and raised in Sichuan. Oh, in Sichuan. Yes. Oh no, um, I'm sorry. The reason I have Yunnan on the mind is because 
Um, I thought it was interesting that you started with in your bio that you kind of like that you avoided music and partly because of, of this conflict because your name sounds like to me like the same word Dongjing, which is a traditional kind of music oh. from Yunnan province, which is adjacent to Sichuan. Like it it's is. right there. Yeah, it's, it's a neighbor. Just, yeah, Nate, your neighbor. And I found that interesting because I wondered like if you were familiar with that music at all. No, no. I, what could be written in a different way. So it's a like a traditional like ritual music. They perform it at like festivals. And um, for a long time, it was repressed. Like they weren't allowed after the communist takeover. And then in like the, I want to say in the 80s, they mm. loosened it. And, oh. it. and it had like a, you know, it came back. So I actually have some of that too. So I want to play that. Oh, let's see. So this is Dong Jing no for Dong Jing. My name associated with a song. I never know. <laughs> There are Taoist scriptures, hmm. and these are performed kind of like in relation to them. And there, are, I, I, as I read, there are like some Confucian elements to it. And so, if you had known about it, I was going to ask, like, do you think your dad might have gone for that? Because oh, this sounds very similar. The tune sounds similar to Sichuan Opera, uh, sure. one of the indigenous uh, performance with uh, sounds and stories. You're uh, basically, the, the artists were just performing a story, especially ancient story. Yeah. Yeah. So um, do you listen to now, uh, now that you're not a child in that house, do you listen to traditional Chinese music or Tibetan music um, aside from research and things like that? Like, do you listen to it casually? Mm, I listen to Tibetan music mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. Um, I also listen to, uh, could I call this Chinese rap music? Oh, yeah. I like <laughs> yeah. Chi- yeah, I like Chinese rap music, too. Um, a bit. Or I would should say Sichuan rap music. Mm-hmm. It's better because Chinese rap music, a lot of people would uh, associate the, the rap music language with Mandarin Chinese. Uh, but Sichuan Hua, that's my native language. That's easier to rap, actually. A lot of uh, native musicians from Chengdu, uh, they were creating music themselves. So I I mean to my home language. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, can you t- say a band for our listeners that they could Google? Like if they if they search in YouTube, they'd actually be able to hear some of it? Oh, Higher Brothers. Higher Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I actually drove to Atlanta for their concert um, two, three years ago. <laughs> it's crazy. I probably was... <laughs> before all of this, before we when we still had concerts? Before that, yeah. <laughs> I was probably the oldest fan uh, in that group because everyone was like high school kids or even younger. I felt so irrelevant. <laughs> um... Uh, so that's okay. So they were in Atlanta. Um, a, a lot of, I mean, I imagine the audience would have skewed Chinese. Not really. No? We've seen all kinds that's of audience. That's interesting to me because, um, yeah, Chinese got, rap in Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, Sichuan. I would say Sichuan rap. Sichuan, yeah. yeah, that particular uh, language. Right. Um, so language we're going to listen to some of it real fast. Oh. <laughs> that's him. That's so. Like structurally, it's kind, this is kind of like trap music. Yeah, the, this is. 
trap or rap. Yeah,、uh, depends how long they they talk. Sure. Or the mambo. <laughs> it sounds good. Yeah. <laughs>、like、All right. Um. Do you, Do you remember the first live music that you saw performed? Oh, that's a very difficult question. Hmm. Was not into any seeing any music concerts. Maybe since high school. Maybe that was the earliest. I had to climb over the fence to get out、yeah. of the school. Let me think about the time and the place. Well, my high school was called Chengdu Foreign Language School. It's in the outskirt of the city Chengdu.、Mm. It took two hours to take the bus to the city center.、Uh, yeah. Most of the bars are at the city center.、Mm-hmm. So、uh, a lot of my friends. A lot of people who I call friends at the time, they always spend time going to bars during the weekend. Well, in high for school, high, for high school, it's、yeah. very normal in China. Yeah, there's not no very strict drinking age, so we were trained very well in drinking.、Um, <laughs> <laughs> so、uh, I was sixteen. Yeah, that was a time when I start to wander around the city, buying all these.、Uh, Uh, illegally imported CDs from US. Yes. So that's when I started my music journey. But、uh, going to, it's basically out of curiosity. I had really, from my memory, I never really into. I was never into music.、Uh, so I just、uh, wander around the bar street. There were so many bars in near Sichuan University at the time. And、uh, maybe I was tall enough to be seen as a college student.、Mm. Um, nobody would stop me if I enter a bar or if I ordered a drink. No one would say you can't. So that was when I first attended live concert. <laughs> I couldn't remember much.、It、was pretty loud.、Um, in the late nineties, early two thousand. Uh, rock music was very popular among the bars in China.、Um, sometimes、uh, I would say、uh, they play British rock. I would say I、uh, recall that was、uh, what Americans would say: the British Invasion. Yeah, that type of Correct,、uh, yeah. music in the bars. So most of the live music were、uh, influenced by the,、uh, the British music. I don't recall anything、uh, mm-hmm. at all. I、um, just recall. Oh, it was really diffi- difficult to climb over the fence <laughs> from yeah, my boarding so, yeah, school. Yeah, so let's talk about that. Yeah, so、um, when you were fourteen, I think, <laughs>、yeah. right? Your your parents sent you to this boarding school.、Mm-hmm. You mostly <laughs> didn't. You 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 kind of bucked the trend. You like you would rebel against the order there.、Mm. When you say you would sneak out, you'd jump over the fence. Like、mm. like was this like you had to wait till nighttime or? You just skip class. It's really hard to skip class because anyone who skip class can be seen、mm-hmm. really visibly、mm-hmm. in the room.、Um, Chinese high schools were、uh, very collective,、um, so basically getting up at six thirty and going back to the dorm at nine thirty p.m. It、mm-hmm. was very、uh, set schedule. So my times of sneaking out to shop these illegally imported CDs、yeah. and、uh, wandering around the bars were basically during the weekend.、Um, yeah. <laughs>、um, well, then let's let's go to the song. Then,、um, do you want to tell the story about this first, or do you want to listen and then talk about it? 
I think I can set up the 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 context of the song yeah. so we can listen to it while the story flows. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, one of these nights I just uh, clamp over the fence again and uh, jumped out, uh, took a two-hour long bus ride to the city center. Hmm. Under the bridge there was um, a group of vendors riding bikes at the time. Um, there aren't too many cars in mm-hmm. Chengdu in the uh, early 2000. So I was just curious what they were selling. I went o- over and I found, oh, all kinds of CDs. But the, the one of the vendors told me, oh, these are not uh, not legal CDs. They had another term to describe their heat. Um, this is a hidden market, black market mm-hmm. here, um, primarily operating on Friday night and Saturday night. Um, so these are basically the cut-out CDs. Um, it's also related to uh, the the recycling industry of America. Um, in the nineties, America started to send off uh, all these uh, plastic waste uh, or the recycled trash to mm-hmm. China. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I remember um, the data: seventy percent of the uh, plastic yeah. wastes were wow. sent to China. Uh, in uh, the 90s and early 2000, um, 70 million tons since um, 2019. These cities are not produced perfectly, yeah. so they put a cut uh, oh, somewhere yeah. or um, or staple it um, so somewhere on the city. Uh, it's not uh, maybe 80 yeah. percent. It's still usable, yeah. but the to 20 try, percent. To try to make it yeah, not usable, yeah. Yeah, to try to yeah. – but however, that 80 percent still – has a lot of value. I still remember the price. It's a uh, dollar and a half. It's, yeah. Or sometimes if it's trendy, uh, I remember who was trendy. Albedo's was tre- has been trendy. So it was two dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about 14 Chinese yuan. Yeah. Yeah. And I did have a lot of pocket money because my parents didn't really have time to care for me. <laughs> they were so busy at work. Uh, they just ask. Uh, do you need money? I said, yeah, sure, whatever. Yes, yes every yeah. time. <laughs> sure, whatever. Um, yeah, they feel their love is more uh, about, uh, uh, they, they can't really care for me in person, but at least they could compensate me materially. Mm. So that was a really fun part. I actually have a, a lot of money in comparison to my peers at mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I basically spent uh, hundreds of um, Chinese yuan at the oh, time okay. it was a lot of money, <laughs> yeah, hundreds yeah, yeah. of yuan on these uh, so uh, the cat- cattle cities. Wow, I, I think my CD shelf is bigger than was bigger than my bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not trying to be a, a bad typical um, what, what's called a rebellious Chinese student, but at that time I really. Uh, dislike the collectivity and following the rules and norms. Uh, It's hard to survive uh, as uh, the outlier of the school. Um, And I find, oh, these cities are really cool. Let me just give it a try. So I tried so many genres. I I actually didn't even know all these artists um, or these musicians. Had no idea. Some sometimes the city cover looks really cool. I just picked the 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 coolest cover. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, one of these nights I've just found this cool cover. 
a naked baby mm-hmm. swim was swimming to grab that a dollar bill. Yeah. It was a dollar yeah. bill, ten dollar bill. I don't even remember, but that baby was. It's like facing a baby with one dollar bill. That was a really good art. And I said, okay, let me get this. Uh, I took a look. Okay, it's Nirvana. Oh, never mind. Oh, never mind. That sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> I grab it. But uh, another kid next to uh, the the bike says, oh, I also want that. He grabbed it too. He said, I want that to the vendor. He was tall and skinny. I was well, I was tall too because in high school I was really one of the tallest kids. So I basically stare at him really hard. <laughs> My like eyes can making. kill you. Yeah, <laughs> that type of eye. Yeah, I yelled at him using the F word in my in my dialect. Sure. <laughs> what does that sound like? Uh, do you really want me to say this here? In your own Maybe dialect, you if yes. Comfy, yeah, I'll leave it anyway. <laughs> What's the <laughs> I don't know which part to bleep, but I'm going to bleep the whole thing. Yeah, you can bleep the whole <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's my yeah. F- you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's basically yeah. what I said. Oh, that kid stepped back and said, okay. He just walked away. Yeah. And okay, that's mine. I, you had it first? I was, yeah. Well, I don't know if I were there first because <laughs> um, I touched it. I assume that's mine. So mm-hmm. I, I guess that's a... Um, <laughs> That kind of me, uh, who who is too vocal, who don't save face for others, um, that's maybe my claim for individuality yeah. in a collectivistic world. Yeah. So that, he backed off. Yeah, that kid was scared away because um, I was notorious at school. But I don't even know if this kid uh, knew me or not. Right. Yeah. Uh, at school, I well, I had really short hair at the time. Um, because gender was something uh, at the time in the 90s. China was still promoting Mao's state feminism. Mm-hmm. Women should dress the same with men. Women should behave the same with men. That's the idea that's promoted. So I basically was brought up like a and boy. And you're an only child. Yeah, only child. Brought up like as a boy. So if anything that upsets me, I just beat them up. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so all these kids were really scared of me. They call me the <laughs> for Dong the weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. This. Yeah. I've been listening to uh, all kinds of songs that I bought or I fought for yeah. at, at the bike vendors. Uh, came back to campus. We call it campus. One of these days uh, in the summer times, we have a uh, uh, summer sleeping time. That's why we call the summer siesta. After lunch, uh, all the kids, or well, not kids, high school students, mm-hmm. return to the dorm. They should sleep for one hour. That's the <laughs> type of Chinese efficiency yeah, of yeah. studying. Nap time. Nap time. Day, yeah. yeah. After you eat, at, finish eating at one, and you should nap for one hour or one and a half hour. And then you ha- you can study efficiently until right. 9 p.m. in the <sighs> evening. So one of these days, uh, music started. Not music started. Drum actually started in the building next to my dorm building. I was also, again, really pissed. <laughs> and I had to yell really bad words again. Um, and, I, you know, when I yelled these bad words, I was also quite disciplined by the head teachers. Yeah. They have to send me to the conversations and all that. But I think I just can't control my bad mouth at the time. 
I didn't know who's playing、um, every day at two thirty. Uh, PM. When everyone's supposed to be sleeping. Yeah, the everyone was awake、uh, yeah. by the the drum beats. I feel this is horrible. Who was playing this joke in the dorm, <laughs> and who are allowed to do that every day, two thirty sharp? Everybody had to get up. The first few days, I yell at、uh, the window whoever was playing, and some other people yell. It's like a, in a college dorm, you know, <laughs> when you play music, people、yeah. yell at each other. Especially <laughs> maybe you know, think about how New Yorkers yell. Yeah, at, I was just gonna say it. Yeah, between <laughs> yell, the alleys. <laughs> yeah, yell at one another.、Yeah. That that type of yelling. So.、Uh, I, would, I didn't find out、uh, it was uh, the uh, skinny, tall kid who same kid. was、uh, fighting with me about the Nirvana, the Nirvana album.、Uh, until、uh, a month or two later, I actually saw him putting his out, head out、um, <laughs> into the window. I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And then we beat up that kid. <laughs> But one of these days, he he started to play.、Uh, The songs that I was familiar with, especially my understanding towards music, start with drum beats、uh, because of his play.、Mm-hmm. Uh, I could recognize、uh, this music, these、uh, particular songs from his drums. Just from the drums, you, yeah, yeah, just from yeah. the drums. Because I hated most of the tunes that my parents played, and I I don't know、uh, what I was interested in. I think music for me at the time. Before fourteen years old, there there were noise. Yeah.、Um, but at that time, I、uh, after this、uh, tall skinny kid, his name is Yang.、Mm-hmm. After he played the drums over and over again, he was actually authorized by the teachers to play to wake everybody up in a creative oh, way. Oh. Yeah, okay. Later on, that's why I was trying to figure out how he got away with it. That、yeah. makes sense. So if he's not authorized, I definitely would go there. You know, in the boys' dorm. Yeah. Catch him and、yeah. then beat him up <laughs> as usual. Uh, well, I do sound like a bully. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I don't feel shame about that. It's、uh, it's it's interesting. That's part of my identity as a as a, a woman,、uh, establishing my masculinity in a predominantly masculine world. Yeah, I was gonna、yeah. say if you if you combine like masculine and toughness with、mm-hmm. like rebellion,、mm-hmm. you kind of get there. Like. That's where you're gonna land. So, well, let's let's give it a listen. This is、uh, so your first song, Nirvana, "Come As You Are,"、mm-hmm. off of the 1991 album Nevermind. Wow, told. That's the old. Was he drumming to that song or one of the Nirvana songs? This song in particular, <laughs> a yeah. lot. Yeah, it was that one. Yeah, yeah. And, and as soon as the the drums started there, you looked up like you knew the song from the drums. Yeah. yeah. So did you and Young?、Um, did you bond over this appreciation for Nirvana? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> We really haven't had a chance to talk. Yeah. We just wave at each other. That's a, a normal way to、yeah. say hi、yeah. uh, back in. Back in high school, especially if you're not in the same class,、mm-hmm. you ba- you barely have time to talk. Right.、Um, so basically, I just hear a lot of songs、uh, uh, he played from the CDs I bought. He probably bought the same CDs I bought or similar ones. Yeah.、Um, well, unfortunately, I, I tried to get to know him.、Um, I was in the school's、uh, track team, so I always、uh, run. Four、uh, hundred or eight、mm-hmm. hundred meters in competition. He even 
put his drum sets out when I was running my 800. Really? Yeah, he was actually, uh, he drummed this piece while I was running. And then uh, some parts of We Will Rock You. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I actually wanted to thank him after the game. Uh, I didn't go get the first. I got the third. That was good. Um, but uh, uh, two weeks after the sports meeting, I heard from some of his classmates said, Jan dropped out of school. I mm. asked, oh my, why? It's already the second year. If he would uh, continue for another year, he would make it in college. Uh, I recall his classmate, one of his classmates said he just wanted to play music. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I, several years later, I heard he was playing in an underground rock uh, rock band yeah. in Beijing. <laughs> I was, I had to laugh at it. I thought mm, maybe that's his dream. Yeah. yeah, sounds like you guys kind of had similar spirits, <laughs> just different, yeah. different paths. But you know, you know, I was the worst. Not really, but the worst. Maybe the worst group of students in school uh, in terms of behavior and uh, in grades. And I made it to <laughs> a PhD, <laughs> um, yeah, program, and I became a professor. Whenever my colleagues are discussing their students' misbehavior, I actually just saw myself. <laughs> How do I discipline my student? I was um, not the, a yeah. good example. You, you got a bunch of doctors in training. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. Did, uh, did anybody in your household play any instruments? From my memory of my grandparents on my dad's side and my, my mom's side, mm-hmm. they were both in... In wars, in World War Two, so they were soldiers. They spent too much time fighting in wars and mm. no time for music. Mm. Uh, my my grandma could sing a little bit Tibetan song because mm. he worked in Tibet for thirty years. And he would sing uh, this thing while she's cutting the vegetables, and she she would uh, bring us a, a tune. We d- didn't even know where that come from, but that's my grandma. Uh, that's my mother's mother, mm-hmm. maternal gram- mm-hmm. uh, grandmother. Um, my mom's father uh, was a, a soldier, right. went to Korean War uh, on behalf of Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, from my dad's side, my father's father uh, was actually the opposite. The ones who were trained in Air Force with uh, flying tigers yeah. and uh, fought against the Japanese during World War II. Yeah. So the men in the family were really busy fighting wars, and the women were re- uh, also displaced because of wars. Mm. Yeah, that's basically my memories of uh, my family uh, of those three generations. Yeah. Not much music. There's not a lot of time actually. for music in that, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know... Were was that kind of music just now? Was is that was that the norm for kids your age or kids at the school, um, or was the underground nature of it like special? Like, did did everybody basically do that, or were they all listening to something else? I guess I was just a weirdo who would <laughs> listen to such loud music that yeah. would hurt your ear. I think uh, kids around my age at the time, early 2000s, they were so into Cantonese music, Taiwanese music, mm. K-pop, mm. J-pop. J-pop. J-pop was, first of all, more popular. Yeah. Are you a J-pop fan? Yeah. Um, and then uh, K-pop actually became a big wave mm. mm-hmm. uh, in the late 2000s. 
I remember my girlfriends were competing over these posters of、uh, K-pop stars. I remember one of these guys, H.O.T. the band.、Mm-hmm. Um, one of the band member had really pink hair.、Uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's good. It's a great change for you know Asian men's femininity.、Yeah. They can express in their performance. I think I might be misspeaking, but I think in South Korea, pink is also、uh, like a masculine accepted color.、Hmm. Like it doesn't have the. The Western baggage. Yeah, nowadays it's yeah. more accepting. Yeah,、uh, I think、uh, started from popular culture. That's a good change. There you go. Yeah.、Um, what did you want to be when you grew up back then? Like when you were in that <laughs> school, what did you think you were gonna do when、huh. you got out of boarding school? And I,、uh, because of、uh, my family influence,、uh, the. Both sides of my family,、uh, they participate in wars, and I thought technology,、mm-hmm. weapons,、mm-hmm. um, and、uh, space programs are the、uh, the most interesting field,、uh, interesting fields for me. I actually wanted to be a rocket scientist <laughs> or create missiles. Yeah, sure. That's a better way to say. Yeah, I. It was really well. There's there are two subjects I was naturally good at: phys- physics, science, and、uh, English language.、Uh, these two classes, no matter what, these are pretty.、Um, these are, I got really good grades on these two. Yeah,、uh, I was sent to one of these、uh, physics Olympics science training、oh, uh, yeah, camp.、Yeah. All these camps. Yeah, I remember. Maybe I got a number three in the in the provincial level.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was interested in, <laughs> and and you said you also had like a language propensity even back then. Ah,、uh, I guess so. I was able to imitate a lot of people's、uh, languages、uh, when I was at the boarding school because people from different regions、mm-hmm. came to live in the same dorm. When they speak, I start to mimic the way they speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs>、um, did you think? I mean, when did it get into your head that you might end up in the states? Uh, in uh, in college, I would say,、um, I went to college in Southwest China in Chongqing. It's a、uh, called Sichuan International Studies University.、Mm-hmm. There,、uh, well, my grades wasn't good. I had no choice, so they just、uh, Well, the grades just directed to any major. You go where、yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So my the highest grades I earned in the national entrance examination to college was English. So they just put me in the English department.、Mm-hmm. So there,、mm-hmm. I actually had to study English literature.、Uh, that was one of the most、uh, boring topic for me. I actually skipped a lot of classes <laughs> in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.、Um, Going abroad was the second year of college.、Um, our school has an exchange program, dual degree exchange program, to、uh, schools in UK and also、um, in the US. So I thought, huh, all these pop music were coming from US. Why don't why don't I just give it a try?、Um, so I, I picked a school. It's、uh, considered the safest school. It's in North Dakota. It's called Dickinson State University. Dickinson State yeah, University. Yeah, it's really in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah.、Uh, but Chinese parents, when they send their kids to study abroad, they should consider if it's safe. That's、mm. really、mm-hmm. their their consideration. 
And also uh, Dickinson State at the time, they have uh, maybe a, a diversity enhancement program. So they would give students award, international students award uh, to attract them to yeah. their program. So I basically didn't pay much tuition to get in. Um, that's where my American journey started. Yeah, in mm. the middle of nowhere yeah. in, North in North Dakota. Dakota yeah. Oh, it was cold. I bet. Yeah. So um, big culture change, I imagine, from Sichuan to North Dakota. Mm. For academics, it's very similar yeah. uh, because Chinese education was also influenced by the American educational philosopher John Dewey. So our system were not so much different. Um, but uh, in North Dakota, I think the major culture shock for me was food. I had to eat at the school cafe. It was a torture <laughs> for me to eat. Uh, all the water boiled beans, water boiled everything, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, what's called those, all these uh, uh, chicken nuggets. Um, <laughs> I mean, the only thing I taste is salt. It's salty. Yeah. And has I'm some black pe pepper. I came from a spice nation. Sesh, it's Sichuan. Yeah. <laughs> like it's known for it. Yeah. yeah. I came from the spice, not spiciest place on earth. After I moved to Florida, I realized, wow, there are many <laughs> spicy nations of people I can be friends with. But in Sichuan, I, I think it's so, um, yeah, my culture is food. It was super oily, spicy, mm -hmm. and flavorful. Mm -hmm. I would use these three words to describe that. But when I came to North Dakota, eating in the school cafe, I just didn't know what I was eating. Um, I had to uh, take all these spicy, spicy sauce online, <laughs> bought online. Uh, at that time, uh, yeah. internet shopping just yeah. started. Um, I had to take all this uh, spicy paste to the school cafeteria and make my spicy salad. <laughs> yeah. My roommate came from Canada. She was a softball player. <laughs> really, mm. really cool. Uh, I really uh, loved seeing her play. She was really curious about what I was eating. She would come to uh, take a bite from my plate, and she was on fire. Yeah, I bet, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, that was a, a really fun time in North Dakota. Um, uh, yeah, I only resented the food. <laughs> um, so you went from there to... Um, so I finished, and mm -hmm. I did an internship in a, a university in Sichuan for about uh, seven, eight months. Mm -hmm. Then I uh, came back for... Uh, a master's program. Yes. In Lincoln, Nebraska, yeah. in the middle of nowhere From again. North Dakota to Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about that. So <laughs> you did your master's. Mm -hmm. After Nebraska, uh, after I earned my master's there, and I went to Ohio for a PhD. So getting closer. It's getting closer. Nebraska, Ohio. After I earned my master's yeah. degree, all my family or people in the neighborhood were so shocked that, oh, this person are, is going to get a PhD? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, when my mom told my neighbors that, oh, my daughter is going to grad school, they were like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> because I was so notorious what, in the and neighborhood. What, and what did your parents think? My parents think, uh, they just think, just uh, go with what you pursue and you don't regret your life. Hey. Yeah. All right. So I, I'm grateful for my parents' mm -hmm. support, and uh, they uh, kind of understood. Well, actually, my dad didn't really think uh, that's a good path. I mean, going on to a Ph.D. program, 
uh, because in China, in my dad's conservative Confucian mind, mm-hmm. a woman who earns a PhD cannot get married, cannot right, right. Um, find a proper marriage. So uh, if you are too smart, if you seem too smart, maybe getting a PhD is not making you smart, actually, I feel. It's more about uh, um, cultivating a whole person mm-hmm. um, to um, live a life in a way that uh, that is meaningful. So that's my conclusion about why do I earn a PhD? <laughs> <laughs> or in communication, anyway. So um, I, eventually I had to persuade my dad. Um, and they, well, my dad and my mom, they said, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Well, you can be financially independent. Do you need money? I said, no, not this time. I hey, don't need your support. You yeah. So I moved from Nebraska uh, to Athens, Ohio. It was a, a culture shock because I had the impression that, uh, you know, people in the Middle West are so nice. But when I uh, start my life in Athens, Ohio, or I would say start to declare my independence from my parents, um, my income was 1200 dollars per month. That's like a, a regular grad student would earn. Uh, I lived very poor, I'd say. <laughs> Maybe I lived in the ghetto. That's what mm-hmm. <laughs> what mm-hmm. my other friends would think. Uh, Why you're living there? Like neighborhood where yeah. you see trash and drunk people, not drunk people everywhere, drunk people after 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. They would drink, uh, just sit next to, uh, next to the, the house I live in. Yeah, it's a, a very depressing neighborhood, but I only pay uh, $300 per month, so I, I can survive on this $1,200 per month check. So, yeah. yeah, it was a very new experience because as a student, international student coming to the U.S., I was protected by everybody around me. Right. The international fear is protected by your, your, your roommates, but protected by your American professors. Just basically protected. You don't, you don't need to see the dark part of America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't need to understand. You don't need to know because um, our social network is very limited. I only hang out with uh, my uh, classmates, my professors, professors' friends, or uh, the events, uh, the people I meet at the events um, at school. So basically, there's no outside connection to see the real America. I think Ohio is uh, really. Good living in Ohio is a really good learning journey to see how people could live in a poor life, uh, but somehow meaningful. Life in grad school is really intense. I think it's um, maybe three times more intense than my life in high school. Even though Chinese high school is al- already <laughs> really Pretty depressing, intense, yeah, yeah. But in in grad school, you have to raise a meaningful question yourself, and you need to answer it to yourself. So that's really hard and challenging. So on the weekdays, I spend a lot of time reading, interviewing people. So in this in communication PhD program, uh, at the same time, um, we have to develop our our life. Um, my advisor, Bill Rollins, uh, he is a great professor of communication. He invited our, all the first-year grad students to a music concert he was playing at the mm-hmm. time. He was in so many bands. Um uh, one of the bands I remember was called The Broken Rain. Um, he organized this band with uh, people in uh, in different departments, and he played in the local bars. Just hanging out uh, at his concert was really part of the norm 
for our social activity to live a life. So getting out of uh, your your own uh, little cube, or getting out of your library space, or getting out of your your computer. Go to Bill Rollins concert. That was the most pleasant <laughs> right. thing for me and other grad students um, because we suffered a lot. We chose to suffer ourselves <laughs> to get a PhD. <laughs> yeah, you played with him, didn't you? I did. I actually, I thought I was so old. I think I was twenty-seven at uh, <laughs> one time. Um, you know, Chinese kids started learning music instrument. At four years yeah, four. old, yeah. yeah, many of my peers they learned different types of uh, uh, music instruments at the age of five. So their training started really early. Even all my cousins can play some kind of instrument. I think I was the only person who's uh, really the the black sheep of the the family. You know, well, she can. He just got a PhD, but she could do nothing. Yeah, my so, my parents sprung piano on me when I was like twelve. They're like. I think it's long enough. You need to learn to play piano. <laughs> That's the so, same. My yeah, parents same, also yeah. <laughs> coerced me to start an instrument. Uh, again, I was good at uh, you know climbing over the fence or <laughs> sneak away, sneak out of uh, uh, some classes. So I was in the piano class, but uh, it only lasted two times. And then even my my dad yelled at me and say, "We paid a lot of money for you." I said, "I'm not interested." It's yeah. hard to learn something when you don't. <laughs> Yeah. So so then you're 27. Yeah, I was so old, you know. Uh, I mean, at that time, <laughs> in comparison to my, oh, my talented peers, right. they all can play some kind of uh, music or they they can do art as their uh, leisure activity. But for me, uh, I actually, I wasn't sure. Maybe learning language could be one, but uh, I really don't have a hobby. It's not a party skill. <laughs> like. <laughs> Oh yeah, party skill. <laughs> so like, so you know, but if you can whip out a guitar, mm. you know, then you know you can. Yeah, the the guitar journey actually started from cooking. Really? So uh, <laughs> we're having a, a cookout, um, and uh, this new student whose name is Peter Rapasso, he cooked Indian curry that was really good, mm. Indian masala, um, yeah, chicken masala that has been my favorite. Um, he. Uh, often bought Indian food to all those cookouts. I was like, oh, big fan. Uh, he actually lived in a uh, in in a church in town, but uh, um, the church his church cohorts didn't like him cooking curry mm, yeah. in the church. Yeah, he understood. Yeah. yeah, he understood. Uh, but he's a, a real he really into cooking, especially spicy food. Then now see the spicy nations are united yeah, and something they're coming together over. Yeah, and I moved one more street further than the ghetto. <laughs> um, so we have a kitchen, independent kitchen, so we don't bug other people when we cook. Uh, so Peter would come to use uh, our kitchen every Friday, bought different masala. One day he just bought his guitar into my house. I was, oh, okay, you play guitar. I didn't know that. Uh, he just started to play, singing a lot of songs. I actually didn't know any of them uh, because the pop, I didn't know pop songs at the time. I think my only music education was all these uh, cut-off CDs. Right. Um, so he was singing a lot. Uh, and sometimes he would uh, try to sing a song that I know or my roommate know, um, my roommate knew. So uh, 
uh, every Friday become our uh, spicy food and then music night. I said, okay, maybe I, I want to start to learn something new. Um, I thought maybe the first thing I want to learn is drums because I really see that drums are so important in in, in music, in, in a, and I would say maybe more contemporary music. Um, it's it's setting up the pace for the music, other music. It's the bones. Yeah, of it's the song. Yeah, yeah, setting setting it for others to enter. It's like communication. It's a, a it's a language. Yeah, for for me, drums is drum beats are languages. So I thought about uh, drums too heavy, too heavy, and I can't afford to buy it's a drum a set. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Peter has, well, after the cookout, he has been teaching me how to play guitar from the very basic ATGC. Actually, he first taught me, cut your nails. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it was hard for me to wear very, very short nails, mm-hmm. um, but it was very painful. I, uh, my, Actually, my nails, uh, the, at the first few, first two months, my nails were bleeding because of the incorrect ways I was pressing mm-hmm. <laughs> the cords. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, for three years, I was good enough to play some uh, not too complicated songs. Then I, Bill says, okay, um, do you want to p- play at the performance hour? Because my department has a performance hour every semester. So we just have uh, people who can perform basically not just music yeah. uh, we have uh, little, storytelling little department talent yeah. show yeah <laughs> the most important part is food <laughs> for me again yeah. <laughs> yeah i was very nervous i said i don't want to do something i'm not good at but he said you should just give a try uh, my roommate also uh, got into his call and his band we <laughs> we named it heteroglossia it's yeah. a russian term uh that uh, multiple languages and voices are uh, orchestrated in a novel. Yeah, heteroglossia. Yeah, Yeah. that's our favorite term uh, (laughs) in communication theory or any kind of literary theory. The big nerd joke for your band name. (laughs) I guess so. I just uh, resisted the nature that I became actually nerdy. (laughs) That's really a a contradictory characteristic for me and my... And my impression to other people, yeah. because uh, while well, my old friends at home would say, "Oh, she's always in these bars. She's always skipping Jumping school. Fences, yeah. yeah, what's wrong with this person?" And and now getting into the nerdiest institution, you don't get to use a word like heteroglossia. I, I, without we, <laughs> like, we even had a, a heteroglossia shirt because <laughs> we we live in. These multiple languages and voices, yeah. we really want to make it happen. So I see that, wow, music actually can, even though uh, today in our everyday communication or conversation, it's hard to not talk in the same language. But in music, we can. Mm. Um, so we actually translated Bill Rollins' songs when he wrote a song called Everything That You Don't Like. So basically the song, the lyrics says that I'm doing everything that you don't like to try and get you back. So it's like a, I'm wearing, yeah, I'm wearing the shoes to step into your room. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, so we just translated the music into Chinese. Uh, Bill even tried to sing in Chinese. <laughs> he tried really hard. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's it. Yeah. So that that performance, mm-hmm. I, um, performance hour was right after my dissertation, scheduled after my dissertation defense. I still remember the date, March 12, March 12th, 2015. That was my the day of my dissertation defense. And the next day was a performance hour. At the time, I want to thank my friend Peter for his support for all these three years of teaching guitar and also cooking spicy food, mm-hmm. share food with me. So I was even prepared a little speech. I, want to, I wanted to thank my guitar teacher, Peter Rapasso, at the event. Uh, at, at the same time, Peter was uh, practicing uh, Blackbird. By the Beatles? Uh, by the Beatles. Yeah. That's the one he wanted to show uh, in the performance hour to con- congratulate me and uh, a few other cohorts who accomplished uh, the title called PhD, yeah, the nerdiest title. Mm-hmm. So he was playing. He said he's going to play there and congratulate us and then... Uh, I my performance was Bill Bill and my roommate was uh, scheduled the last one because we want to close it with a, a new type of performance. So Peter at that day that was a chili cook-off event. Uh, More spice. Yeah, spice. Yeah, spiciest spiciest chili. So the <laughs> we're doing this contest. So um, Peter, as usual, uh, came to our table with food and. Uh, uh, we share and we rate the chili, how spicy that is. Uh, rate f- uh, one to five. Um, he was also, um, well, he's one year younger than me. So he was working on his uh, dissertation proposal. It's one of the most distressed time for him. But he was a very living person. He said, oh, I went to play racquetball and now I'm here. I, I need to live my life rather than spending all these hours in front of my computer. So he came and he sat with us. Um, he put his wallet onto my my table, says, okay, I'll be right back. I'm getting my guitar. So after that, he got his guitar and then played Blackbird uh, for everybody in the department. Uh, after his play, I was, that's me, I was so nervous. I couldn't eat the my favorite chili. Um, before my play, that was actually my first show uh, mm-hmm. with guitar, uh, and I was even trying practicing. Uh, well, your first show was getting was a recital that you refused to do, <laughs> being chased by nuns. But <laughs> we're gonna go too far into. Oh that. <laughs> yeah, that's too far. Do you want me to tell that? Um, tell the thirty second version of that. Oh gosh, yeah. Sorry to di- divert, um, but it's it's great. <laughs> Okay, this uh, this church daycare, not Catholic church, gospel church yeah. daycare. I my parents sent me to you the were daycare like five at or something. Five, yeah. five, yeah. So the first, uh, yeah, um, the one of the teacher, Miss Chen or Miss Lee, I can't remember her name. She asked me to sing a song to introduce myself to my fellow classmates. <laughs> I was put on the stage. I stared at everybody, and I don't feel I, I could sing. Um, I don't hear my voices. I just I saw all these eyes. All these eyes were projecting their expectation into me, and I was so scared. Um, and I, don't, I didn't know any music at the time. I might have trained in, well, have taken music classes, but I couldn't sing. Just ran out. <laughs> of, I just instantly jumped over 
the stage, yeah. jump over, and then onto. Well, there are actually uh, weird design uh, yeah. stairs. Yeah. Have to jump into another flat area so that I can run away. <laughs> I was fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, running to an auditorium, kicked off all these chairs and tables, and with a group of people chasing me behind. Okay. That's something. Okay. So your first, that. your first voluntary performance then is <laughs> it's like a Tom <laughs> and Jerry. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's my perf- well, field performance, yeah. but I was on so the this stage. So one, this one was when yeah. you agreed to be in. Uh, yeah, I yeah. was actually pushed yeah. Yeah, by and encouraged by my advisor and my friend Bill Rollins mm. and my roommate Joe. Uh, they both encouraged me to sing. Uh, that was my first one because I want to sing for Peter because he uh, joined me for uh, three years, actually, I wasn't a very good student, and he has to discipline me and giving me exams <laughs> to test out if you have re- memorized these chords. Don't cheat. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so uh, I, when I was playing, actually, I didn't see him in the crowd. I was looking for him when I was playing, so I just didn't even remember what I played. I just played as if I was practicing Mm -hmm. because we rehearsed uh, more than 100 times, actually, uh, in order to play. Um, So I was just looking for him when we were saying, I am doing everything that you don't like. Maybe that's something he didn't like. He wanted me to concentrate when I was playing, especially concentrate on these beats when I play. I know my, my... my legs are moving, my head, my head is was moving, but I, my heart was not. I was mm. looking for him. Mm. Um, so uh, after I finished playing, I wanted to thank him. I even prepared the speech to thank him for uh, coaching me and being a friend for these many years. I also want to thank him for his uh, brilliant curry. Um, nobody saw him uh, after I even uh, finished the. Pl- Playing, I walked to the table. Uh, my chili was there. His chili was there. Actually, his chilies. He had uh, a number of plates in front of his <laughs> seat. He just, yeah. I mean, surprisingly, his wallet wallet was still on my my Where table. He put it down yeah, there. my yeah, yeah my seat. I was surprised. Why is why is his wallet here, and I had to ask everyone who sit on the table, have you seen Peter? Um, our friend from Rwanda says, oh, he said he's not feeling so well. He said he's going home and uh, we'll be right back. Maybe take some medication and come back. I was like, hmm, that sounds like Peter. He would be someone like that, very spontaneous. Mm-hmm. He's always making very impulsive decisions himself. Um he, when he's thinking about something, he would do it. I said, okay, he left his wallet. So I called him. That was uh, 8.30, about 8.30 p.m. He didn't pick up the phone call, so I called him on WhatsApp. No one picked up. I said, hmm, maybe he fell asleep. He has to uh, spend so much time working on his dissertation proposal. So uh, that was a strange day. I took his wallet. I went home. Uh, called him again at 9.30, nobody picked up. Mm, we just uh, thought maybe he just fell asleep. Um, next day, 7 a.m., I uh, opened up my Facebook, and I saw this message. 
the chair at the time, Michael, sent out a, a Facebook message to the whole School of Communication, says, unfortunately, Peter Rapasso passed away last night. I looked at the message over and over again. I couldn't believe it. And I asked my roommate, Joe, can you look it over? Can you take a look at what was going on here? She said she also received the same message. I asked, is this a scam? I think it's a scam. Peter was so healthy. We went hiking. We were playing music. We were cooking Indian curry all the time. Uh, we, this is impossible. So uh, we knew that he lives in uh, the church um, next to our, actually very close to our department. Uh, Joe and I, we actually decided to drive there uh, at 8 o'clock because that's most likely people are awake at the time. Um, and Joe called uh, her advisor and asked if uh, Peter, Peter's news was true. And that was confirmed. I still couldn't believe it because he was eating chili and then ranking all the spicy level with me. This, the, just a day ago, not a day ago, just a few hours ago. And how come he, this living person is gone? And he is he was so young. Well, I just couldn't understand and couldn't make sense of this. His death in particular. So we drove to this church. By the way, Peter also is a Catholic priest, and nobody could even believe he's a priest. Um, he lived. He lived, shared this uh, uh, this house with another uh, another father. So we ask Father Mike, "Is Peter okay?" Father Mike had to tell me, "Unfortunately, he's gone." He's gone to see his God. I just couldn't believe it. I didn't cry. I just, I was totally in denial at the time. I just couldn't believe someone was so close to me and was he was just gone. I walk into his room. His phone was on the on the desk with the pile of his mm -hmm. books. I just can't imagine a living person was gone so quick and with, without notice. I still recall my great-grandma passed away. I just cried. And I couldn't cry in that case. Um, I just asked myself, why? And how come he just is gone. He is not in this place, in this time with me anymore. Yeah, that was very hard to think about, Peter. Yeah. We shared this uh, vulnerable life together yeah. um, as a student, uh, as a colleague, as a friend. Um, yeah, he... Um, Actually, a week before his death, he uh, uh, he shared with me that uh, he um, he he when he was little, he draw 
uh, he painted a tree, and he put all his dreams on the tree. <laughs> Uh, one of the dream is to earn a PhD, the highest degree in academics. He said he, after he got the degree, he wanted to uh, uh, see the world that he hasn't seen. He's already traveled half the world because he's a uh, uh, father in the Catholic Church. He has he had studied in Vatican City, um, studied in the prestigious Catholic institutions. Um, he's already done a lot of things, um, or how to say this, he has done a lot of impact, a lot of people's life meaningfully. He was just, uh, in a, he, he's just gone in that moment. Um, I, yeah, it took a long time for me to make sense of uh, his death and yeah well why don't we why don't we listen to blackbird um, oh yeah it's a very song. hard song that i yeah <laughs> i avoid yeah and i appreciate you bringing bringing it and bringing that story so we're, we'll, we'll take a listen we'll take a second and we'll be right back so we're gonna this is um blackbird by the beatles off of uh, their self-titled album from 68 you know we ask a question on this show sometimes about songs that we avoid because yeah. we know that they'll bring us to a memory or a story like that. So again, like, thank you for sharing that and for being willing to like soak that up here with us. Um, did, did you um, keep playing after that? Like, did you ever pick your guitar back up again after that? Um, it's hard to even look at guitars <laughs> after his passing, I still recall. I got a job interview, especially on-campus interview in L.A. Um, two days after his passing, I had to just go right. on the campus interview. <laughs> um, the first face-to-face -face interview was to talk to the provost of the university. <laughs> the provost was a musician. He had five guitars yeah. displayed in his office. As soon as I walked in that room, I couldn't say oh, a word no. at all. I, he, I introduced myself, and I said, I don't know what I can say here. I don't think I can answer your questions professionally. I just lost a friend. And your guitar reminded me of him. Wow, yeah. He, he said, I understand. I'm sorry to hear that. I remember just walked away. <laughs> walked out of the room. I apologize. Walked out. Sure. Yeah, I think I basically messed up the interview. <laughs> Maybe that was a tenure track job I was able to get in a research-based mm. school. But I didn't regret my response yeah, at that time. Yeah, that's where you're at. Yeah. yeah. Have you found your way into any kind of performance space since then or is that performance hour it that was uh, my last performance <laughs> performance hour but mm. i mean the first and last performance sure. yeah mm. i didn't perform haven't performed since then and it's it's really hard to not think about peter um 
we co-experienced a lot of vulnerabilities. Yeah. Um, his uh, family is from India, um, where one, like a very small group of uh, international students in the program. Um, there are a lot of re institutional racism at the time because uh, we're considered as the other. Uh, we don't speak English, mm -hmm. quote-unquote, mm -hmm. and we are less capable. That's the general perception on international students. Right. Yeah, we got into the program because of firm, affirmative action of some or something. Um, so to go through that and survive in the program for three years is wasn't very easy. Uh, we have to tolerate the day-to-day -day microaggressions. Now we have this word microaggression to describe uh, someone we meet on the street will disregard our existence. Back then, we didn't really have the language. Yeah. Uh, but we supported each other. Um, and I eventually end up with a PhD, but he was very, very close. And that was on one of his... Uh, dream fruits on the, the tree of dreams he painted when he was a child. So he's just constantly reminded me of, of decision-making. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. For example, um, when I was working at UC Denver after my graduation, um, a group of anthropologists asked me, oh, do you want to join our project in Tanzania? I said, Okay, sure, I need to go. So I coerced myself to make decisions, very spontaneous, um, so that I could see the world before I die. <laughs> you think, yeah, a little of his spontaneity may have yeah. rubbed off on you there? So uh, my major change was I stopped the planning. Yeah. I live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I, I like that your, uh, your music journey began mm. with buying... <laughs> you know, these, you know, 20% of a, of an album off of a bicycle. Um, today we download or stream music out of hand. Like it's just kind of the way people listen. So I wanted to know when the last time you remember buying physical music was. Wow. Physical CD. Yeah. Record tape, any tapes less likely probably. <laughs> oh, I actually <laughs> bought, bought a record yeah. in Urban Outfitters store. <laughs> it was Nirvana's. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it was in utero. Mm -hmm, it's not. Mm -hmm. It's not. Never mind. Yeah. I just uh, I bought the record, even though I don't even know how to play it. I just want to keep it. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, uh, maybe I was twenty years old. Yeah, just okay. came to U.S. So you still have it. So like something in the store. Yeah, I had it at home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I framed it, actually. Yeah, hey, that's a good thing to frame. <laughs> um, and uh, you were ahead of the curve because vinyl wasn't cool again back then yet. <laughs> like it wasn't quite as, you know, right now you can go to the... Is the it? Oh, yeah. You can I go to no the Barnes & Noble and buy albums. Uh, yeah, vinyls. Okay. All of them. Yeah. But you were, you're a trendsetter. <laughs> if you could pick any song to hear for the first time again, like you, as though you had never heard it, what would you, what would you hear? I actually don't have one. I'm not calling out a song. Hmm. Uh, I see music as a very relational, as a, my my two friends that I never get to <laughs> spend too much time with. Yeah. Um, I feel music is 
that type of uh, um, re- relational entity that gives the relationship a form. So if it, yeah, I'm, okay, I'm here as a sing like a, a person, like one entity. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call out to just like you know you want to see a person uh, based on what you think. Right or as you want to experience he or she or, um, or I shouldn't say he or she or this that particular person. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's very similar to how I experience people. Um. I don't know if I need to call out music to uh to listen to to feel fresh about. Mm. So I need to. Uh, I feel the need to, um, to stay in passivity. To see what type of music happened to me, yeah, yeah, I get that. This yeah. is a, I think, my communication dogma, mm-hmm. um, and this encounter cannot be planned. Yep. I yeah. think I think that you may have actually kind of uh, wandered there into um, communicating in a really explicit way, a thing mm-hmm. that a lot of people experience where. I I have, you know, a thousand songs on my phone mm-hmm. that I can call up as I want, but and if I hear them while I'm like pulling in home, I just mm-hmm. get out of my car. But if I have the radio on and uh, the music and that same song that I have on my phone, but if it's being broadcast by happenstance and here I am pulling into my house, I'll stop so I can hear the end of it mm-hmm. because that song is being played for me, like it's it's on the air so that I can enjoy it yeah. and I can't pause it. It's if I stop listening, it's just going to keep playing without me. Yeah. A lot of people, there's a difference between things that you can control mm-hmm. and things that you can't control with music. Right. Um, I had never considered it the way you put it just now about, <laughs> you know, the the relational connection. Yeah. Um, the Szechuan rappers oh, yeah. that you saw in Atlanta, was that the last concert you went to before oh, the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Is that also the furthest you've traveled to see a band? Yeah, it was yeah. the first time I, yeah, I had a, a voice t- telling me you should go see them, mm-hmm. how they perform in Spontaneity. Life. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, would you say best concert experience then? If you had to, I know it's hard to gauge that, but like. Uh, it's different um, because nowadays uh, teenagers are having a different way to celebrate uh, or to be part of the performance um, themselves. Uh, where, where I was um, habituated with uh, Bill Rollins at the, the you know folk rock type of performance yeah, okay, back okay. in Athens, Ohio. Yeah, it's very different. Um, different type. It was hot and sweaty. <laughs> That was something I could uh, uh, describe. Was it inside? It was indoors. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I can't recall the the uh, the place where they performed. I just remember a lot of uh, uh, famous rappers here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. That's what I, uh, I was told. I remember a little bit about the introduction. So it's like they are coming here to worship the ancestors. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the like counter- a pilgrimage. Yeah. yeah. The counterculture music. Okay. Yeah. Um, probably a lot of high pitched screaming. <laughs> at the um, all right. I would like to talk about your third song here. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about it first or do you want to listen? Mm. Well, this, 
is a, a connection to my fieldwork, my research, basically. I wasn't very much into popular music at all. So this type of music is basically connected to my working uh, Tibetan language revitalization. Mm. So that's how I even get to know all these uh, young Tibetan musicians and their music. Um, it was a, a good, um, well, it was an interesting change from uh, from Nirvana, from the Tibetos and to all these folk rock songs and then shifting into Tibetan music. And after this big circle, I sort of see that uh, connection with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hear the sense of home, this shared space in music. Uh, when I hear the Tibetan music in uh, in a different, I would say, in a different genre, it's not in a traditional it's way. It's not folk. Yeah, it's not folk anymore. But the lyrics and the the uh, the voices in the music were uh, were quite interesting in today's time because um, all kinds of music it's is it's it is it's contemporary <laughs> I mm. would say mm. it, it does uh, tell a lot of uh, uh, stories of uh, uh, what's happening uh, among the young peoples in Tibet so. Yeah, if you can, um, we, well, if we can, we can start hearing the music. Sure, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, this is um, Fly yes. by Anu, is that? Yes. By Anu. 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 It's their single from 2017. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. energize me. It, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Tibetan pop. Um, mm-hmm. How did you run into this? Um, I actually have been conducting fieldwork, uh, ethnographic research in Tibet in, since 2011. Mm-hmm. So I constantly hear uh, young people playing songs on their phones. So this was uh, one of these songs I played for me, actually, uh, on a bullet train in Wuhan, where the virus <laughs> was originated. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was on a bullet train. I was uh, was attending a conference, a communication conference in Wuhan, um, because they have really, uh, Wuhan University had a, a great cr- program in communication and technology. So I was actually preparing um, my talk, um, and that one of, uh, uh, about to one of my research on Tibet. So, um, so uh, someone who sat next to me saw my work and asked, are you Tibetan? And I said, no, I'm ethnic Chinese, Han Chinese. Um, then he asked me, why are you writing about Tibet? I said, that's what I'm. Uh, my research is about what was committed into. Uh, he said, oh, okay, interesting. He, so we had a conversation on what my research was about uh, and the little conference. Um, so I was just writing about how uh, writing about in the research how locals use um, language to preserve their culture yeah. and identity. <laughs> uh, and this 
person who's who didn't really dress like a Tibetan. I couldn't tell if his ethnicity uh, at the time. He said, "Oh, I'm Tibetan." I said, oh, "Okay, I couldn't even <laughs> tell." He said, "Do you listen to uh, music?" Uh, I said, "Some." Uh, all these songs I wrote about. Uh, no, I <laughs> analyze. <laughs> I didn't uh, write the songs. Right. I analyze them. So he just say, "Okay, I have tons of music. You tell me what you recognize." So I got, I got to know Anu's song, uh, huh. "This Fly," and uh, not just on the bullet train. I also heard this this song uh, in different parts of Tibet uh, while I travel and conduct my uh, ethnographic research. I heard it in a uh, tea house. They don't have coffee. Too many coffee houses. Yeah, they have yeah, a lot of yeah. tea houses. Um, so people were just playing music freely on their phones these days, uh, especially uh, young people. But I also saw uh, on this is something very Tibetan. An old uncle, uncle, old uncle. Uh, uncle, yeah, yeah, I, yeah like no, uncle, the uncle. whole table of uncles, yeah. you know. <laughs> Chatting, yeah. you know, or even yeah. gossiping in the yeah. tea house, drinking butter tea, and someone just played the music, and uh, oh, the whole table started <laughs> to sing. Yeah, um, so that was quite interesting. Um, I think my ear was always on another person's yeah. table <laughs> whenever they play. Um, yeah, this song has a really great impact because I traveled in uh, into many. Uh, parts of Tibet. Uh, I heard this song constantly. Hmm. Even I heard this in Nepal. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. What is the main refrain there? Like in the chorus, kind of. Because uh, I don't, I don't speak Tibetan. Tibetan so um, what are they singing? So they're saying that uh, if you don't fly, yeah, uh, your hope, your hopes will be vanished. So if you mm. don't act, mm-hmm. if you don't do something, yeah. so it's their sense of urgency yeah. to. Uh, to preserve their, that's my interpretation, to preserve this fair. shared identity. Yeah, I wanted to ask you kind of about that because um, mm. you've mentioned it a few times. And the fir- we met mm. because you were working on the project. Yeah, a documentary. Yeah. Um, and uh, so can you kind of explain Tibet and music and language and poetry a little bit? Like, like what when we say they're trying to preserve it, what's going on there? Well, uh, first of all, I think I need to clarify that Tibetan language is not endangered because uh, the language, Tibetan language, um, there is a, a, an imagined standard language that's spoken and written. Um, in different parts of cultural Tibet, there are still six million people speaking this language. Mm-hmm. So that's that one is not the one endangered. Um, but there are so many varieties in Tibetan language, especially in my my field, Eastern Tibet. There are uh, well, a lot of linguists already categorized. There are at least the twenty eight varieties. Um, for example, if you are living in a township that's sixty miles away from my township, we actually are speaking very different languages, and it's not mutually uh, understandable. Yeah. Um, so that's the languages we're trying to uh, speak to, and trying we are trying to preserve. Um, and so many of these languages were unacknowledged; they are not regarded as language. They're just merely as 
like a dialect. Dialects, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, a dialect is a language without an army. That's what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we nerds believe yeah. at this time. Oh gosh, I can't believe I have to name myself as a nerd. Um, <laughs> yeah, in some way, uh, when it comes to language, so. Yeah. Um, a lot of, uh, well, not in particular this one. So Anu, uh, they were speaking a more lingua franca, Tibet, Tibetan. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, within Tibet, there are so many diversity and uh, so many diversity in culture and language. Mm-hmm. So uh, the ones I try to uh, work with or, or the ones that are in jeopardy of uh, uh, vanishing, being vanished. Um, because nowadays, uh, as a kid growing up in Southwest China, I started learning English uh, when I was 12 years old. Nowadays, Tibetan kids are facing the same um, challenge, the challenge of their languages. Uh, so in um, at work uh, in Tibet, so most often uh, Chinese language is a Mandarin Chinese is uh, the uh, ideal lingua franca um, s- spoken mm. in different part of Tibet. So even um, in Andu and the Lhasa, um, the speakers first meet each other. They probably had to speak uh, Mandarin to understand one another. Because, oh, yeah, uh, like a bridge language yeah. between them. Yeah, Hatha language is yeah. uh, kind of... Uh, complex in its grammar, whereas on the language, the pronunciation is thicker. Um, it's hard to understand when you uh, first meet each other, mm-hmm. but uh, it takes time for uh, uh, two speakers to make effort to understand. So uh, that's the language challenges. So um, to is that, well, for people who are, uh, for a group of people who are, um, who want to feel a sense of belonging, in their language, um, I would say music is a, a great connection um, because there are even barriers in uh, in between the languages uh, across different regions. Um, when a group of people who share, might share a tradition, who might share the same the same ways of uh, life when they come together. Yeah. Music is the glue. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, I, I often enjoy listening to songs that I have n- no idea, right, linguistically what's happening, mm-hmm. like lyrically what's happening in other languages. Do you ever do you ever listen to, let's say, I don't even know how many languages you might speak. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you ever listen to French music? Or I don't. I German actually listen to Spanish, Spanish music, music a lot. Um, I've been um, practicing Zumba for over 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So um, any type of uh, Zumba-related music sure. is something I enjoyed. I only spent three years uh, schooling in Spanish in college. And nowadays I could recognize a few terms. But, but not like to track with a song, n- right? No. I, so. I could maybe catch very uh, just very common words, <laughs> yeah. but uh, I, I think uh, um, maybe reggaeton was right. very popular in Zumba. Um, I also yeah listened to Peruvian music. Well, not Peruvian in the sense of Peruvian music. There are numbers of uh, young people who mm. are creating music to revitalize their language. Yeah. So that's. Uh, really, the the gateways of uh, uh, um, well, gateways of 
seeing something new, hearing something new. I had no idea about the language, lyrics in particular. When I heard it, I feel, oh, it's beautiful. Mm. Um, I could share with friends or share with my family if uh, they're interested. So uh, that's how I get into music these days. Yeah. Or through language. Through, yeah. yeah, through a language or through uh, a relational connection. Right. Yeah. Right. So, Full circle kind yeah. of thing. It's like a being met by the music. <laughs> hmm. It makes me wonder, what do you think about the idea that your initial avoidance of music was partly because you didn't find a lot of relation with your parents? Not much connection. Right. I, and then as you built connections to people, mm -hmm. you started to build the musical connections. Right. I think music at their time was... Uh, I don't know if you had a feeling to certain type of music. When you hear it, you have chicken skin popping mm -hmm. up. Frisian, we yeah. call it. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, that's my dad's type yeah. of music yeah. to me. Uh, my dad was, uh, well, came, coming from oh, the elitist oh. family, it's more social class oh, based. Oh, like gives you the creeps. Yeah. What were you saying? Oh, yeah, okay. Not, not really. You yeah. know, you're into it. So, yeah. yeah you, it's, I mean, for classic music. Uh, I'm not resisting all kinds of classic music, but I think my dad uh, tried hard to maintain his uh, 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 like East Coast elite's status. Mm -hmm. That's the music is his status. That's sure. just my interpretation of my dad's, dad's lifestyle and what he is he is into. He is into high art. That's there are people. Yeah, there are yeah. a lot of people who tie their musical taste to class. They yeah. think that like if, if you're a certain class, you only listen to that. Right. Or, or conversely, like if you listen to this, then you've disqualified yourself. Right. Yeah, there you go. Just uh, my dad's taste of music, I would say, mm. and my mom's taste of music. And, and when I see my relational connection to my parents was to resist anything they, they told me because they wanted to meet me to be a medical doctor. And I said, no, 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 no. All my life, I said no. Uh, my dad had to even confirm with me these days. Do you regret that? You, you know? Just checking. <laughs> yeah, just checking. Just I like... said, eh, no, I'm fine being communi in communication. <laughs> and uh, I, I will spend all my life here, I told my parents. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know when I die, but I'm committed here in my field. The way you just, could control the way. Yeah, my dad would just <laughs> walk away silently. Mm. So okay. that's, yeah, when I see music, it's really a relational connection. Hmm. Yeah, and it's also a possibility. It brings you surprises. It brings you a lot of possibilities. Uh, um, I got to know very different ideas, different people, or even through the music, I just uh, see a different world. Yeah. yeah. Um. What was what was your process like for choosing the three songs that you brought? Mm. Like to figure out which ones? Yeah, because that's a really a challenging process. I had to uh, uh, think about really hard on what songs should I pick. I thought about what I like. Um, I don't really like like music in general or particular songs, I don't have 
uh, a list. Mm-hmm. Unlike my my friends or my family, they most of them have a list of their favorite songs. It's like you know your profile photo. You have a favorite photo to show um, to define yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't have that a list to, to define my my favorites. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard, and I start to think about people in my life. The significant ones in my life. I thought about a lot of people, and I came to um, came to realize that uh, uh, the friend friendship in my life has been very significant. Uh, they helped me. They helped me to become who I am, even though I wasn't a very uh, friendly child (laughs) 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 or not a very friendly. um, Well, I appear to look friendly. I guess that's the American stereotype of uh, gentle, uh, quiet, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and feminine Asian woman. Yeah. Unfortunately, (laughs) none of my behavior (laughs) go into the, the stereotype. Yeah. I was a weapon of mass distraction. That's yeah. just a, a a very interesting contrast. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought about uh, uh, my friendship or the friendship I couldn't uh, I couldn't own. I couldn't um, the 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 friendship that's so temporal that become the eternity in my life. Very the sparkles. Of my life, mm-hmm. um, then I thought about uh, the friends with the music they played or they liked uh, or they shared, or even with a stranger. Uh, a stranger I met on a bullet train, and he and I became friends. He helped me out when I was in Lhasa. <laughs> yeah, so it's so so interesting that. Uh, uh, the journey of music for me is uh, a journey of friendship, and uh, I don't to I don't get to decide what I listen. <laughs> I don't get to decide who I met. Yeah, it's all about encountering. It's about meeting. Meeting. Um, yeah, that's the most interesting part of make my decision making. I actually just sat down one of these afternoons after you sent me the email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought about, oh gosh, Richard is giving me a very hard research project, very hard assignment. What am I going to do? So uh, then I started writing, writing about my friends. And then the three music just emerged. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just prioritized three important people who are very impermanent in my life. Mm, mm-hmm. But all of them become eternity here, (laughs) in this recording, in this podcast. Yeah. They are here, even though I don't, I can't talk to them. Oh, I still talk to Peter. I text him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Happy birthday. Mm -hmm. Or if I had uh, experienced a significant moment, I still text him. Yeah. Yeah. On his, um, on his WhatsApp and on on his Facebook. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and and who you are is part of what they did. Like all three of those people have adjusted your trajectory mm. in some way. And yeah. so like the person that you are is 
is is still reflected in them or by or by because of them. Yeah. Mm. All right. A less heady question for you. Ready? <laughs> okay. Super shallow compared to all of that. If a bartender was going to make a cocktail or drink uh, that was inspired by you, what would that drink be? Oh, that's a an interesting question. Um, I'm not sure if you have heard about uh, the Chinese baijiu. I I I enjoy baijiu. Oh, baijiu. Okay, yeah. that uh, 65 percent that mm-hmm. type. Yeah, yeah, the hardcore liquor. Lights my up dad easy. Enjoyed. Yeah. So one shot of that, and okay. then the Tibetan barley drink. What, uh, the what, barley. What's that called? It's called the chang um, yeah. in Tibetan. Uh, this type of uh, uh, not really a beer. Oh, I just the Tibetan, in, in Tibetan liquor. What's the word? Uh, uh, chang, just the generally. Okay. Um, Did you say drink? Drink, yeah. just generally alcohol. Okay, it's like a, a about shot of twenty each. to thirty yeah. percent. Yeah, a shot of each. Uh, put them together and put a piece of butter on top. <laughs> butter. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> okay, I don't know who is able to, to drink it, and you have to name it. Oh wow! Giving a name. That's the most difficult one. How about the, the weapon? The weapon. I love <laughs> it. That's wonderful. We're putting together a little cocktail. Oh, book, so. It's interesting. I don't know. We'll who, see if anybody can make that. Who was able to take it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you tell your 14-year-old self mm. if, you, if you could talk to her for a second? <laughs> I would ask her to... St- to not skip too many classes, to uh, to listen more than uh, than act, um, than to misbehave. I mean, I spend too much time resisting. Do you think she'd listen to you? I don't know. I, <laughs> I'll try to get her listen to me. I I wish I could mm-hmm. uh, spend more time um, thinking about what I what I I could be interested in doing, like mm-hmm. expand a little bit more possibilities um, rather than uh, um, resisting against all kinds of command or even some are even helpful. <laughs> but once it's suggested. It, once it's suggested, not even suggested. Yeah, <laughs> once that message come out, no. Back. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think she would, th- if she could see who you who she would become what do you think she would think about that oh that's a weirdo <laughs> oh that's a nerd on friend <laughs> yeah that's i imagined my 14 year old self seeing me right now cuz i had a, a very short hair had very short yeah. hair i still remembered i was wearing my cousin my elder cousin's real madrid Jacket was really huge because my cousin, uh, he he's he was so tall back then. He, um, the kids growing up in the nineties, uh, we just adopt each other's clothes because we're very under resourced. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, when the fourteen year old me see me right now, I am guessing she would dislike my style or the way I talk. Um, because I was now I speak with without assertiveness. Nowadays I speak with 
uh, I want to embrace more possibility. Um, I use words that's a little bit more abstract because more abstract contains more possibility. Yeah, I get that. Uh, so that's that's what I what I do in, in the classrooms or in, even in life. But my the fourteen years old me would be very to uh, well, well I would say to the ground, very earthy. Uh, she's very different from what I am right now. So it's really hard for me to persuade her <laughs> <laughs> or to even share a piece of music. Mm. If I share with her uh, the music I enjoy lis- listening right now, I really don't know what she would say. If I appear maybe relationally, if I appear to be an elderly, <laughs> she would say no anyway. Yeah, and. She, you couldn't put it, you couldn't force it on her because that would immediately, she would right. push back. Or maybe another way is to um, put my words or my words into songs or yeah. a letter into songs and put it in the, the, the in one of these illegal CDs <laughs> and then she would, you know, buy it by accident. Maybe she, that will get her somewhere. <laughs> if, it, if it's contraband, she'd buy. She'd get in. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, if she chooses. If she chooses. She, yeah, she chooses that. <laughs> she she get it. Yeah. Um, all right. It's time to recommend three people who you will share this podcast with uh, once it releases and then who you think they'll be good guests for the show. Mm, I have to think about people locally. Um, well, they don't have to be as long as... You have access to them, and you think they'll say yes because we can do people who aren't here in Florida. Hmm. I the first person who came to my mind is Amanda Park. She's my colleague in communication. Okay. Uh, in our program, uh, she plays music. Cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, she. I actually attend to her. Well, only five minutes. She was playing um, at a friend. A friend's house party. So, okay. Um, she actually wrote songs herself, and she plays. Cool. Um, so I'm sure she would say yes. Um, yeah, she's the first person. I don't know the second person. Uh, maybe Donald, my husband. He might be interested. He has a very weird list of songs. <laughs> 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 do you do you enjoy each other's music? Mm, not necessarily. He he's interesting. He's he's a, a scientist. He's a biologist. Mm-hmm. He listens to many songs um, while watching over his viruses. He studied viruses sure. under the ocean. So here at this at this university, yeah, he Ooh, yeah he's, he might know um, Sharon. Yeah, Sharon uh, Eastern. Eastern, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, she was she was on this show. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, great. Then he's a good yeah. There are number of people. Yeah, Donald has he grew up in California, and we met when we were in grad school mm-hmm. uh, in Nebraska, <laughs> cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's all there is in Nebraska. Yeah. So, and then when I'm PhD, we Sorry, actually, Nebraska. there are people who listen to this show. We, we didn't really, <laughs> well, we were long, we've been long distancing for eight years and didn't divorce. That's a miracle. Yeah. Pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah. We do annual evaluation at each other and <laughs> see if we fulfill each other's requirements. <laughs> yeah. Very scientific. <laughs> Performance <laughs> review. Yeah. We would do that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, that's two. Mm. 
third third one I have to think about who might be. Um, I need to ask my Tibetan. Think about my Tibetan friend. Uh, if he's interested, I, I don't know if he's flying here. Uh, he's one of my Tibetan friends. He's uh, uh, he's now doing uh, researching in China right now, but he's coming back in August. Uh, he might. That would be he great. Would, he would say yes. I'd say he's a very interesting thinker. Uh, mm-hmm. Very critical thinker, extremely yeah. critical. He yeah. would talk about Foucault with you, about the French mm-hmm. philosophy. Yeah, he would yeah, yeah. just talk about that. Yeah. Um, he's also a very vocal feminist about mm-hmm. women's rights mm-hmm. in Tibet. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, he might be a good, he could be a good, um, yeah, good one to share music here. Ta- yeah, talk to him because that's, that's so close. Talk mm-hmm. to him mm-hmm. because if he's, I mean, how long is he going to be here when he comes? He's going to, oh, he's not going to come to Florida, but I don't know how this is going to work. Uh, we would have to get him into like another studio somewhere mm-hmm. and then we would just connect to that studio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where he, in the States is he going to be? He works. Yeah. He's in Columbia University, New York. So New York City. We, we might be able to do that. Yeah. So we'll, we'll follow up with him. And, and, and for the record, if any of them say no, that's okay. You don't have to come up with a new one. It's just a commitment to like, it, we're just trying to kind of, you know, pick your brain about people who might be good guests. So Yeah. I'm yeah. curious what type of people are you looking for? Um, people who, who, if you ask them about it, mm-hmm. are going to, going uh, to listen. Say yes. Well, so like <laughs> if you share it with you, hey, friend, I was on this thing. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to go, that's nice. <laughs> but some people will actually listen. So they're hearing us right now. Mm-hmm. So that's one, people who will listen if you if you tell them you're on. And then two, people who um, are likely to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. But but if they don't, it's okay. Like, yeah. Amanda could share with you a lot of local yeah. Florida artists. Yeah, she's easy to get to. <laughs> yeah. And then Donald will share with yeah. you interesting things. He's been listening to while analyzing viruses. Yeah. yeah he's been listening to a lot of uh, um, music from S- Central America, South America. Mm-hmm. He's very, like, a, I guess, we're self-educated mm-hmm. into the world music. You guys so. can listen to Peruvian music together. Yeah, he he actually introduced <laughs> me to uh, some of these uh, uh, minority language songs. And uh, um, uh, my Tibetan friend, uh, he has a very interesting uh perspective uh, on picking music and uh, he's uh, basically a New Yorker right now I'm curious what type of music you would uh, you yeah, pick yeah if he's yeah. in if he's into it then we'll pass some contact stuff back and forth and then mm-hmm. we'll see if we can get that lined up that'd be great yeah all right um do you have any final thoughts about this whole experience that you'd like to share um I enjoyed this dialogue it's like music right <laughs> it is so um I don't get to uh, well, I have a little plan, but I uh, I could always give up my plans. Um, it's just like a, you choosing choose a music. I have a certain preference, but I'm always willing to listen and to create changes. Um, and uh, that's a possibility to um, to change the meaning, right? The mm-hmm. meaning mm-hmm. of uh, what I was planned. So, yeah, that's basically what I was thinking about because, you know, I had a, a, a well, I sent you a plan, but <laughs> I think our trajectory has shifted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We actually got to talk a lot of uh, um, different sounds 
especially the one about my name, I didn't know anything about. I'm so excited that I found that out. Ah. Yeah, I well, I was looking up. Um, I was just curious about like I like etymology, mm. so I I looked up the name, mm-hmm. and I was actually kind of perplexed because I couldn't find like a good definition. Um, as a, for, I, you know, for like Chinese given name, hmm. um, and then but but I was getting all these results about music, and I was like, Donqing music. Yeah. Okay. But the Dong in my name, Dong is in the East. Yeah, Jing means uh, crystal, but it's different. It's not the crystal in the English language sense. Jing was combined by three symbols, three. Uh, three songs. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah the song your name means three songs? Yeah, three songs. You're telling yeah. me your name means three songs. Yeah, not, not three songs. Like the <laughs> song in the sky, not the songs we're singing. Oh, so, okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, <laughs> it's interesting now uh, uh, because Chinese language is a symbolic language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's uh, the sun shining in the east. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of uh, what my grandfather's expectation of to honor the family, that type of uh, um, uh, extended meaning. So, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I'm just curious how the the, the opera or the, the song from Inan was spelled out. I can check with you later after. Yeah, this. yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it. Right now. Yeah. Right. Well, thank you so much for being on. This is wonderful. Thank you. I enjoyed this dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> We make three song stories in the studios of WGCU Public Radio on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is co-creator and host. Tara Calligan is our online content producer and occasional host. Our board op is Jared the Intern Gonzalez. And Chris Duffus is our executive producer. Our theme was created by Dave 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 Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For this week's parting tune, I'm going back to my freshman year of college. In my public speaking class, we were assigned a presentation that explored our personal culture. I decided to do a short Tai Chi routine I'd been doing for a year or so, and I also decided to use the theme from the 1994 TV show, Kung Fu, The Legend Continues. I'm sure it wasn't as cringy as I think, that would be impossible, but I definitely would have advised against it if I could go back and talk to myself beforehand. Anyway, I still have the show soundtrack in my rotation, and every now and again, I hear it. And I'm back in class working through my eight-form routine, which I learned, by the way, from a David Carradine VHS tape. Keep listening. Next time on Three Song Stories. All right, it's razzle-dazzle time.